Christmas when you're listening to this? Merry Christmas anyway, because it's always Christmas, because when you're a Christian, you are filled with the joy of Christ, right? Hello there. This is... Hi. Pop and Jay Show. Hi. Who are you? Uh, I'm Jay. I'm the Jay of the Pop and Jay, and I am enjoying a joyful Christmas myself today. We're recording this on Christmas Day. So you were we right are. to me. So, Feliz Navidad. Uh, como esta? I thought you were going to go your usual time route with that one and say that it's always Christmas because God is outside of time. So he's well, always we'll to that. at some point in. Or etymology. You could go your etymology breakdown of the word Christmas. Christmas. Oh, we could do Happy that. But I think Mass we should start by... Start with uh, using our good manners and introducing ourselves. Mm-hmm. The Pop and Jay show. I would be the Pop half. My daughter is the Jay for Jessica. And, I, and how do you phrase so it? You know, go ahead. A powerhouse. I was going to say a Pop and Jay is a yeah. We're a powerhouse father daughter duo who like to talk about stuff a lot. We do like to talk a lot, but we don't always get to anymore. That's why the podcasts are a little bit more infrequent. And once again, as I said last episode, the audio quality isn't that as great because we're kind of recording on the go these days. So I'm in my vehicle just recording on my phone instead of our old And where setup. am I? And I think somewhere underneath the earth. And I don't know, am I allowed to disclose your location? I'm at an undisclosed location in a patrol car, if it gives anyone a clue, on a Christmas <laughs> security assignment, and I am able Ooh. to talk to you without leaving my post. That's pretty fancy. I mean, pretty fancy. we're doing it some, one way or another. And a pop and Jay, just so you all know out there, is uh, also a talkative bird. That's where I got the idea because, you know, pop and Jay, pop and Jay, we, we, we're, we're talkative. And today we're going to talk about something that is kind of a double-edged sword, I guess, at the holiday season. It's when you're a kid, maybe not so hard to see the joy in the Christmas season, but as I get older, I start to notice that a lot of people, they do struggle to find joy at this time of year, but joy in and of itself to me seems like a, a topic that we could delve into pretty deeply, if only for a short amount of time here. What is joy? Uh, is it just, deep and is it short. just happiness? Yeah, that's well, I guess we could do a little... I guess starting starting with etymology, starting with definitions, uh, they're not at all the same thing, joy and happiness. Uh, depending on your level of religiosity, you may think of joy in, in biblical terms, which we will definitely talk about. But even without religion, it's still they still mean different things. Um, they seem synonymous, but they're not. They're, they're just not. Uh, rejoicing is different than being happy, right? You can, you can just 
feel that. When you rejoice, it's it's actually more of an action type verb, if you will, than to be happy. Uh, joy is sort of a complete consuming passion where happiness is okay. So happiness is an emotion, right? And joy is Mm -hmm. more about like the state of your being uh, instead of an emotion. Mm. So happiness is like a response to something, you know, something usually material, usually relating to your five senses or as uh, Aquinas and Aristotle would say, you're the animal appetites, happiness, right? It's, it's the reaction to pleasure. Whereas joy is the, the entire state of your being. Cause a rich person can be happy, but not necessarily feel joy. Is that, hmm. is that well, then what of, about the reverse? Could somebody who's, you know, down and out or in going through a bad time, could they still feel joy even though they seem sad or they are, they feel sad? Well, sorrow would be sort of the antonym to joy. Whereas for sadness, what would it, for happiness, it would be like sadness, right? So sorrowful mm-hmm. and sad, those, those words are different, aren't they? I mean, it's, it's one thing to be sad and it's another to be sorrowful. Uh, so words do matter. Joy just has more deep meaning. Uh, the Bible's full of the word, uh, sort of the soul responding to like truth or communion with God, feeling that joy. Uh, think of Elizabeth when she says, as soon as she heard Mary the child in her womb leapt for joy, uh, mm-hmm. which w- would make sense because it was Christ bringing that joy, which would be a feeling of so, total commitment. So, it's yeah, funny think, that you that you distinguish between joy and happiness, and then sadness and sorrow. Because one of the things I thought about for this episode where my mind went thinking about joy was one of my favorite characters in film, which is an inside out. And her name is joy as opposed oh, yeah, to yeah. happiness, which is like, I kind of think more of what it appears um, that they actually mean by joy in the film. I guess I want to think about it a little bit, but the other characters are definitely emotions as opposed to what we're saying here, states of being, You've got um, yeah. disgust, uh, anger, fear, and sadness. And then right. joy is a character. So I think just norm in, uh, out in the culture, I think that those words do get used interchangeably. Although I also think that Pete Doctor, the writer and director of that film, is he's very he is a very spiritual Christian man and I do think he maybe did mean joy in partially in that way that, you know, joy's job in the film is to help Riley find the good in things and help her get out of um, feelings of despair that she goes through and stuff in the film. And uh, so maybe it is a little bit deeper than just like it starts out as base happiness when she's like an infant. But anyway, just interesting 
joy and happiness are used interchangeably for sure. And they well, ought not be all the time. They ought not be, really. From the Bible, uh, from John, you have Christ saying to his disciples, these things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be filled. So even Christ, Christ letting people know what joy really means to be filling you inside. Uh, a good meal can make you feel happy, you know, uh, a new Xbox. But does it, does it fill you? Does it fill you inside? Does it fill your joy? How about, uh, you asked a question about a person to be sad and still have joy. So how about a poem? Mm-hmm. Yep. No podcast is complete. Uh, you know Wordsworth, yeah. right, William? Uh, circa mm-hmm. the early 1800s time frame. Here's, mm-hmm. Romantic? Here's, yeah, here's one of his uh, that's very short. So, Surprised by joy, impatient as the wind, I turn to share the transport. Oh, with whom? But the long buried in the silent tomb, that spot which no vicissitude can find. Love, faithful love, recalled thee to my mind. But how could I forget thee? Through what power, even for the least division of an hour, have I been so beguiled as to be blind to my most grievous loss? That thought's return was the worst pang that sorrow ever bore. Save one, one only, when I stood forlorn, knowing my heart's best treasure was no more, that neither present time nor years unborn could to my sight that heavenly face restore. Surprised by joy, That's a really impatient good of the wind. So he wrote that song after the death of his three-year-old daughter. Oof. Yeah, and Ouch. it it really reaches out to you. He he was in the depths of the sorrow, and then it opened the opening line. Surprised by joy, something happened, and he was joyful. He was feeling the joy, and he wanted to share it immediately. And the only person he wanted to share it with, and he realized in that instant with whom but thee buried long in the silent tomb. The person he wanted to share it Mm. with was no more. And the rest of the poem is basically him saying, how could I have forgotten that you were dead even for a minute? And then he's mad at himself and he's and and the sorrow again. And, uh, so there's an answer to that, that a man who understood what words were, even in his sorrow, joy came to him, and his first response was to want to share it, and he wasn't able to, and yeah. Yeah. Well, and so there, that's the thing is, it's like, um, when you think of some, I think grief is a really good example, because it's not just sadness, like, oh, I didn't get this thing or whatever. Um, or, I don't know, it's, your your grief is caused by joy. 
because like of what you felt, you know, like, and that's also speaking of inside out. It's like the point of it is that those, they do, they go together. The problem of pain, the problem of evil that is, it tugs on you so much as a, you know, theist thinking of, you know, how could a good God allow this? But it really, really is like you, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't appreciate, it wouldn't be the same if there wasn't the possibility for the evil. Good wouldn't mean anything without the choice for evil. Free will is so important and it, it has to come with the bad, you know, and cultures have always understood this yin and yang and this back and forth. And, you know, the deeper your grief, it's like an expression of how great your joy must have been. And maybe still is if you get to that. There's this blog that I posted um, that I shared a couple weeks back that I just remembered is for maybe a month now why I wanted to do this podcast on joy. And so I wanted to try to find it, if I can, before the end of the episode, uh, bring it up. I can read a little bit from it. But it's this woman who um, lost her. She lost, um, well, she she had twin girls. Um, and they were, there's something, uh, in utero that was going wrong. So they had to be delivered at, I want to say like 20 weeks or something. Really just, you know, they weren't going to make it. And one of the girls died. Um, and then the, she just describes, um, you know, that the other one was still alive barely it was going to be the next day that she passed away so her and her husband had to go home just this grief just everywhere their whole being and they wake up and they don't want to do it and it's just awful like you have what you have to go do and um she describes what of all she's very very catholic very spiritual had lots of great experiences she got other kids she's a very happy life but this moment she said still to this day for her and her husband is something far beyond any feeling of happiness that she's ever experienced in life where they placed the baby on her chest, the little tiny speck that was going to die, her daughter. And she was just overwhelmed by complete serenity, complete joy. And, And it just took over everything. She could not remember at all what she was ever sad about. There was nothing else. It was just happiness. And she sat like that for 30 minutes. She said her husband was just looking at her. She never cried a tear. There was nothing sad about it. And her husband couldn't figure it out. And she asked him, do you want to hold her? And he said, I I guess, you know. And he takes the baby. And she said she saw his face change. And she realized he was experiencing the same thing. And they had this, I think it ended up being like an hour and a half. And she's got photos on her blog post as well. Uh, that she, I guess she texted somebody come take photos of her baby and them and he they both described the same experience which was some kind of a transportation she thinks it was God giving her a, this brief taste of heaven but it was just it was all feeling there there was no zero zero sadness in either of them for anything and we hear about that kind of stuff in the wow. Bible like you know that we just don't understand what it's going to be like when you experience pure joy but so yes like it's like happiness is like a taste of it but joy and this is another thing I wanted to get into my sister always 
keeps this on her wall, like written and says it a lot, which is choose joy. Um, because it can be a choice that you make also, especially when you, if you are somebody who goes, struggles with things like depression, anxiety, or just any yeah. of us as we go through our ups and downs that to choose joy. And for her, she says, and this, the blog writer, that that moment helps her to choose, you know, to remember to choose to remember that joy. Anyways, I that that was kind of what got me into this. Yeah, that's hard to hear, <laughs> and it's powerful mm-hmm. to hear. But uh, yeah, I I was thinking about that poem, and you know, thinking about a man and his three-year-old daughter and he loses her. I think the words joy and sorrow to me being a word geek and really knowing that words matter. I think of happy and sad as sort of junior varsity type words. And I think joy and sorrow are, sort of the fullness of those emotions. Does that make sense? You know how some, uh, yeah. some religious, some, some Christian sects, denominations, whatever you want to call them, they have truth. They have some truth, but only one has the fullness of truth. And it's sort of like that to me with joy, uh, versus happiness. Ha- happiness, as we said, could be, you know, a, a nice dinner makes me happy, whatever like, things can make me happy, but joy has to be like the state of me, like an, an overreaching thing that nothing can touch. If I have his joy, then there should be nothing that can touch that. I can still be sad, but. Well, and why this is important is because I think that, so this kind of stuff is why you know, when, um, like the who's, we've talked about the who's and Whoville and the Grinch before. And right. So, oh, great example. In reality. Why are they singing? Them, he's, he's he, yeah, yeah, the Grinch is freaked out. He's like, what? I took everything. Why are they, ha- what are they, why are they singing? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, as us too, as parents, like another example it makes me think of is um, if I feel anger at my two-year-old for whatever to choose to keep in my mind and my state of being all the time that I have like complete joy for this child. If, if I can be even keeled with my love for her and not let the emotions, whether it's happiness or sadness or anger or fear, um, or disgust, honestly, if none of those emotions, none of those should run the ship of my perfect love for her. And I feel like joy is kind of in there too. Like to always be, you know, when people describe their grand, their grandmas or their mothers who they will remember, I I love the story that Rachel posted somewhere on about St. Therese, her mom, and her mom, uh, I can't, I don't even know who's, who's, who told, anyway, there was something about that Therese would follow her around, mom, 
mom, mom. Or like there's a story about her like walking down the stairs or something and calling her over and over and over and being being annoying. Like sometimes little, little kids can be. And that her saintly mom every time would say, what is it, dear? It was, you, know, the, you know, the supernatural patience with her daughter. And there's something of, like, joy in that to me, too. If you're choosing, no, I'm, I am joyful with my, I am so grateful and happy to be a parent. Like when Mr. Incredible says, you keep trying to start a fight, but I, I'm just happy you're alive, like, it's just like it's this other, like it's outside of the what's happening right this minute, maybe, and it's just this other thing. Or like, of course, um, Mother Teresa as well, um, going through her dark night of the soul for all those years, and yet people would still describe her as always smiling, you know, yeah. constantly. So, I feel like that's I, probably a good example as well. Probably the best example, I, I guess, would be if you think of joy as something that, like Christ said in, in that verse from John, I tell you these things so that my joy may, may be inside you and you may be, your joy may be filled. Well, it wasn't filled until the resurrection. Uh, as we know, the, the apostles, uh, in a lot of ways, were bumbling cowards, uh, Peter especially. And their faith was, was never strong enough until it was. And once it was, you, if you set those apostles pre-resurrection and post-resurrection next to each other, they're completely different human beings. They don't, they don't have the, the pre-resurrection Peter has, doesn't look anything like the first Pope Peter, uh, and the same with the rest of them. And it's not, they all, it's, not ju- it's not just the apostles either. Look at the shape of humanity pre and post Christ. Not that good things didn't happen before Jesus, but what has happened to the world in the last 2,000 years is insane. And something happened. Well, something definitely happened. But it, relating to joy, when, when he visited them when they were hiding in the room, after his resurrection and they saw and believed even Thomas, when Thomas finally saw and believed my Lord and my God, uh, they, they were filled literally with joy, nothing for the rest of their lives, including being martyred, uh, viciously murdered and nothing could touch it. And you read accounts of the saints, the martyred saints over the centuries as they're dying, nothing touches their joy. And, it certainly yeah, wasn't happiness. And, yeah, and this is, it wasn't happiness that they were being mm-hmm. burned alive or having their, you know, being drawn and quartered or whatever. There, was, there wasn't happiness. It was joy. You could never say they were happy that that was happening to them. But they were joyful, just not so because much, of that stuff. It's so much deeper. It, you're like you said. It's yeah. just so much deeper. Like the the feeling of being a Christian for me and for being a mother, these things are so much deeper than happiness. It's so, it's, you're right. It's like, it's a, it's a, it's just a much more superficial word. Yeah. But not the well, happiness speaking, is not, uh, yeah. Speaking of surprised by joy, that's also the title of a book by 
the amazing C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's I was going to say that. Yeah. He, he basically, and he, and he chose that title for a reason. Uh, he was, as you may know, he was an atheist uh, for most of his young, young adulthood life and all that. And the book's all about his journey, his spiritual, you know, everything, his conversion and how it happened. But what I loved about it was he says, uh, he, when we set out, I did not believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And when we reached the zoo, I did. <laughs> um, it was, and here's this, one of his great analogies, the master of analogies. He says, it was like when a man, after a long sleep, still lying motionless in bed, becomes aware that he is now awake. Uh, so to him, it was, it was an awakening and a realization of something that was there all along, but he just refused to see it. And then when he did, the rest is literally history because good Lord has, has any recent modern thinker or writer done more to explain Christianity, to explain joy. He's honestly, I think he's too modern for him to get the credit that he will get one day. Like the way that people refer to Aquinas and I guess, oh. uh, I guess, and it's going to be, it's going to be forever. I mean, it's, it's beyond beautiful what he writes. And it's, I know it's, I know that's true because even my most like secular, you know, I got, uh, I went to college for English and I ended up taking a lot of, you know, the English literature and just like uh, like what you were just reading from Wordsworth and stuff, but even some of the most secular of those teachers, like C.S. Lewis would have to creep in. He's so thoughtful. He's so good. And um, I didn't, he, I'm of course, because I went to a stupid a college, which are useless. All they do is Take your money, and I'm glad I got time to read and everything, but you know far more about yeah. writing in English and life than I do, and I have $50,000 in debt to show for it. But anyways, so <laughs> I didn't even recognize that there was also reference to Wordsworth in the title of his book, which is awesome. And that is also the name of the woman that he would marry, and he would go through huge uh, grief uh, over speaking of grief, right? Wasn't his wife, late wife's name Joy? Pretty sure it was. Yes, and she died. You there? Very, very suddenly and very sadly. Her name was Joy. You said. Uh, I believe so. Right. I'm pretty sure. I wanted to also say that here. I'll look it up real quick. Yes, yes, it was his wife. I'm pretty sure that was her name. I think because I remember thinking. I wonder if that was part of uh, why he he called it that. Her name was Joy Davidman. Yeah. Yeah. Which I yep. think is pretty interesting. The name of the blog, just so if in case anybody wanted to read that post, is from mothering motheringspirit.com. And then you just have, I would just Google mothering spirit. And the name of the essay is, this is the story I have to tell you. But it's, you know, it's all about joy, joy and sadness. And it's hard to read. Like I said, it's hard to hear hard to read but it's super important to read and to hear 
Well, because it's at the end of the day, whenever I, I've taught catechism and so have you and just talking to people about, you know, why are you Christian or what does it matter or whatever. Like at the end of the day, what I started to realize what we tell the kids that are growing up, like God wants you to be with him forever, happy. You know, he wants you to be happy forever. And, and that is kind of a simple way of saying joy to be filled with joy forever. And it's like, that is all we all want. We all just want to be happy. We want everybody else to be happy. And that's it. You know, we all want to be filled with this um, feeling. And so that means that like, the and yeah, so love is the answer. Love is what gives you the most joy. Yes. Really giving, giving love, being loved, you know, seeing love makes us so happy. Like that's why I am not one. I don't understand exactly why people watch like movies that are like scary or whatever. But like most films, I feel like, especially ones that go down in history, they leave you with a feeling of love and happiness. Like it, and you know, the best ones, maybe even like some kind of like supernatural love or joy. Um, like this yeah. is what life is all about. And like love and joy really do feed into each other. Like, cause the only way I think to really feel joy is love, love for God, love for other people, people loving you. Speaking um, of movies and feelings and all that, that corny old classic, it's a wonderful life. Everybody watches it around Christmas mm-hmm. time. And it mm-hmm. is full of that. It is just full of that. It's it's got the sadness, the bad things happening. It's got all the human emotions, but it ultimately ends with joy. Yeah, and what he already had, right? It's an it's like him realizing. Wait, am I mixing it up with the Christmas Carol? Similar, right? I haven't seen his wonderful nah. life in a few years. Yeah, no, it's there's he, way different stories, but basically, it, it the 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 end is about God God's joy. Basically, it's about literally the joy, and it's one of those movies that makes you can make you feel a little sad, like tearful. But but it, while it's making you feel sad, it's filling you with joy, which is crazy. But that's what happens. Why why do people cry at a beautiful scene in a movie sometimes? I mean, yeah. Some people cry so, in front of beautiful paintings or beautiful songs yeah. that have no yeah. words that or a beach because, like, because these things, joy is yeah, is an infusion and it overwhelms mm-hmm. all of your other emotions. Oh, and you could even say, like, certain things, like scenes of, like, like let's say the end of Lord of the Rings, where you have all kinds of emotions. You've got anger, righteous anger against the, you know, against Sauron, and, you, and you're feeling that at the same time as you're feeling, you know, sadness for that Frodo and Sam aren't going to make it back, and you're feeling happiness. You know, you have all these things. And I feel like that's a, there's another writer right there. Um, Tolkien, who I feel like really gets it, you know, the build up to joy 
like all this that it takes that we get to go through as humans to get to that experience of, of pure joy at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Joy. Joy to the world. And then bringing it back around to Christmas, you know, we say joy to the world. The savior is born. And that is really, that's why Christ came. Like we're just saying about joy being the end game. Like that's the point. And joy came to the world. And, and, and I don't, the world has never been the same. since. And it's up to us to keep, to keep making it more joyful. We're called to spread Christ's joy to others for people to see us and say, what's with those people? Like, we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to be different, you know. And, and what I is see that? People, what is that, uh, that? That line, real quick. That line in that song, "Joy to the World." Let every heart prepare him room. Uh, mm-hmm. Right from his own his own words about how he will come into your heart and fill you with joy. So let every heart prepare him room. Anyway, yes. Yeah, and like, a, yeah, the old Augustine line, you know, there's a there's a God-shaped hole in all of us. It's the only thing that's going to bring you real joy at the end of the day. And yeah. you may be somebody, it doesn't mean that people who are atheists or non-Christian or even not practicing Christians or whatever can't feel joy sometimes, but it is from God that, well, that, that we get everything. But those are like foretellings of what could be the end, a complete experience of joy. Um, Emily, I guess I would make quote. I wanted. No, go ahead. Go ahead. She's always good. I was just going to say, I, I could probably make a pretty cogent argument that an atheist person could indeed feel happiness, contentment, uh, great happiness and contentment and all of that, but at least the way we're defining it, it's something and someone much bigger than us that's giving the state of our being an infusion of something that can only come from him. Well, so I guess, you know, they, quibble I with words. I think if somebody's an atheist or agnostic or non-Christian who is searching, like we all are, for the answers, which I do believe every, you know, God's trying to bring us all in. We're all these sheep just scattered all over the place. So I don't doubt that they experience feelings of joy if, like we all do. And, And some of us will, you know, even good, great, the best Christians and saints probably have had many, many times that God gave them little moments of joy that we are just, we're so, you know, we're so insolent, us humans, and we just forget it so fast. I think of how many times God has given me these crazy experiences of just this fullness of life and like, and I just like, God, you're right there with me. And I, forget and I go the next day I'm angry again at something stupid or you know we we he's trying so hard with all of us and that's what another yeah. reason why that is so important that choose joy thing like try oh another good song for this would be if you haven't seen Frozen 2 yet I 
commend you to go see it, people. It's really, really good. And there's this song in there that is so good. It's uh, Kristen Bell singing as Anna, the, the next right thing. And it's just all about just the next step, do the next right thing that you're supposed to do. And for us talking about choosing joy and being joyful, I think that's a big part of it. A lot of people struggle with daily things, it just being a chore just to get up to do anything. You know, they feel, they don't feel overwhelming joy. They feel the opposite. But if you do like Mother Teresa did or like Anna is doing in that song and just every step, just try, just that one next step, let it be whatever the right thing is to do. I think you will end with the kind of joy that Mother Teresa still had, even in the midst of sadness. Yeah. So there's the like duality of because she in that movie, then Anna goes on to do this big right thing because one step at a time she's doing the next right thing. And there's still, there's joy in her in that, you know, that she chose. Anyways, the Emily Dickinson quote is find ecstasy in life. The mere sense of living is joy enough. And that's the choose Hmm. joy thing again, you know, like you're alive. You got breath in your lungs. Wherever you are, whatever is happening in your life, find the ecstasy. Find what it is, you know. I think I think there's a lot of good in that, too. Always look on the bright side. No, try to, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's the age-old thing, you know, the, the finding, uh, finding myself or, gee, I've got all this money and I have all these nice things, but... Why am I here? And when a person truly and honestly learns why they're here in a Christian sense, that's when joy, the door for joy opens. Right. Like you think of, we all want to know our purpose. uh, You think of like, uh, the saints who went through the Holocaust, Maximilian Colby and, Others, even um, Jewish people of great faith who, like, there's a beautiful movie Life is Beautiful, called Life is Beautiful, and yeah. it's about this father, he's a Jewish man, uh, but he would not let his his child see him in a state of sadness over what was going on. He maintained, you know, silliness and funniness, and he tried to make everything into a game with his small child while they were in the concentration camp to the end of his life. And I know there's a lot of that. And that's part of it too. These heroes that we see who, and children help you so much to find joy, you know, for me at least. That, that's definitely oh, where I find joy. Good Lord, yes. And I always have. Yes, indeed. They just make you come <clears throat> outside yourself. Like, I, it's like I, the cure, perfect cure for my anxiety stuff, I always say, is just grab one of them and, you know, you just, Okay, well, well, I have... Well, uh, hold on a minute. You, look what look what you did there. It was very clever. I'm sure you did it on purpose. By mentioning the children, uh, what did Christ say? He, did he not say that you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you are like a child? Uh, yes, spoiler alert, he did say that. So t- to, to be childlike, not childish, but childlike, is... Probably the secret to joy, right? (laughs) 
I like how you stumbled on that. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I I hope so, because I feel like of all the, the things that saints can do that I can't do, there's a lot of them, by the way. Spoiler alert. There's a lot of those <laughs> virtues that I am not, uh, my cup does not runneth over with. Uh, but yeah. Being being childlike, thank God I do. I I have a tendency towards that, so I think that that give, that helps me a lot. So maybe it helps some of you guys out there. But um, oh, it definitely I got that from you. Me. I think you you are always very childlike. Anywho, uh, a- uh, listen, I could talk about joy for a long time, and I but I have <laughs> children that are calling to me. All right, uh, because. You know, that's what they do. What do you call them? Crumb snatchers? Yeah. Curtain climbers, crumb snatchers, all those things. Wait, wait. Actually, let me make one more point about them. They'll they'll wait. They can wait. It's (laughs) funny because they do bring me joy. And your children, I'm sure, brought you joy at times. But isn't it funny how the world is where they can also, it's, it's both, like, Sometimes I think I just want to be alone. Like I just want yeah. to go for a run. I just need to get away. Like I don't know. So I don't know what that is, but I just thought of that. Those because are, sometimes those I feel are like those to, lower emotions and animal is. appetites. Anyhow, I'm sorry that was a sidetrack, but it was a good one. How's it going okay. there? How's it going there, Copper? Are you filled with joy uh, in your wherever you are, your undisclosed I am, location? I am definitely filled with joy, and I praise God every day, including this day, for everything that He gives us. How's that for a secret to joy? Uh, many of the saints, gratitude, uh, definitely little flower. Uh, you know, I thank God for everything that He gives me because He gives me what I need, whether it's good or bad. So. That's mm-hmm. a good component of joy right there is being grateful for everything that comes at you. Gratitude, Ooh, gratitude. will be our next episode. Totally. <laughs> no, our next one's going to be a best of 2019. Oh, sweet. Spoiler alert, there's going to be a lot of impeachment stuff because it's so good. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. All right. It brings well, me a lot I of hope. joy. Yeah, me too. I hope that you enjoyed the show. (laughs) That wasn't that. I mean, no. All right. Hey, comedy and humor. We didn't even talk about that with Joy. Jeez. Comedy's big. Laughing. Well, for Ah. happiness. Yeah. Okay. Enough of this. We digressed again. It's deeper. So many digressions. All right, everybody. Have a joy-filled rest of your 2019 into 2020. Thanks for stopping by and all that good stuff. Thank you, Pop. And remember, please, Christmas starts today. It doesn't end after today. We got 12 days, people. Mm-hmm. Feel the joy as you move forward through the 12 days. God bless everyone.
Nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. 